I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I got Mark Quinones. He is the executive chef over at Tapas y Mas at Hotel Andalus. He is a runner. He's done multiple marathons, half marathons. He's just full of energy. He's been on competitive shows, cooking shows on TV, reality shows. So thanks for joining me today. Seb, thank you for having me. This is such a privilege. Um, like I was saying to you before we uh, went live here, um, just going, you know, being a big fan of your work and your podcast and really everything you stand for. You've had, uh, you know, some of the most important individuals um, in New Mexico running history on your podcast. And to be talking to you this evening is just a tremendous blessing and an honor. So thank you for having me. I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, you know, what you're doing and, and the way you're out there running and putting in miles, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's pretty important too, because you're out there working and, and as you say, grinding every day, you know? Yes, sir. 100%. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before, you know, you've been on a couple of other podcasts, you've talked about your running journey, you know, but if somebody hasn't listened to that before, you know, what, how did you get into, into running? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I, when I was younger, I, I, I was, um, I played football and, um, I can never run, you know, faster than like, or not faster than longer than like the length of a football field without gassing out. You know, um, I was an asthmatic growing up. As a matter of fact, when I was younger, I was hospitalized for, for a couple of months. Um, and from what I understand, they almost lost me. I oh, wow. And um, I just really bad asthma um, as a child. So my entire life, you know, and I played football and I was, I was good. I had good burst, but I couldn't, you know, I, I'd get, you know, 60, 70 yards and like just gas out and I'd be like out of breath. <laughs> so I, that carried into my adult life as I began to gain weight, you know, pound by pound, year by year. And, you know, it was always, I was convinced, I mean, let's get this straight. I, I was convinced that I just, I, I can't run. I have asthma. I can't do it. I, if I walk up the stairs too fast, I'm out of breath. I'm just not going to be able to do it. And, and that carried with me, brother, all the way through age. I mean, look, let's be honest about it. I'm going to date myself here, but till I was, I was 36 years old. All right. And at this point, and if you've seen me in person um, or, 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 or anywhere, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not very tall. Okay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I was all the way up to 196 pounds, Seb. And uh, the date was June 9th. 2017 i was in my first year at at the andalus the hotel that i'm at now and we, we had a big wine dinner that night the hotel brought out uh, a really well-known chef from london um his name is sue john starcar uh two michelin stars really solid i mean amazing one of the best in the world he flew out and he was at the time he was in his early 40s like i and i was you know a little bit younger than him but what stood out to me was because we were similar in stature, but he looked really fit. And I was, 
you know, my, my breath was taken away at his leadership, how he carried himself. And so it was like bizarre, like being the hosting chef and like everything I was looking at, believe it or not, was, was you know, I, I at the time I didn't realize what I was aspiring to, to, to develop into perhaps, right? Um, and I, I remember being so excited about the event and it was sold out and, and it was a tremendous success, okay? Um, but that night when I got home, I was saying, wow, like, I just felt really weird driving home. And I remember that evening trying to pick up my son, Journey, who's now seven years old. At the time, he was um, you know, not even three years old yet, okay? He was about two and a half years old. And I, I, I picked him up. And um, as a matter of fact, it's so funny um, I'm talking to you because I know that the, the listeners won't see this, but right over there, you see my bedroom goes into like a bathroom area. Yeah. And um, I, I was in the bathroom right there and I tried to pick up Journey and like my arms were like shaking and I felt weak. I felt like I didn't have the stamina to even really hold up my, my two-year-old son without, you know, it wasn't impossible, but it was work. And I was thinking about the week I spent with the with our guest chef and, you know, just really looking in the mirror, literally looking in the mirror right here. And I was like, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I was I was I was disgusted with myself, man. All right. There it is. And I, I was oily and sweaty and, you know, just, ugh, you know, and I, I can never forget how, you know, um, how I was living for so long. And it was in that moment that I promised my family that the next day I was going to start at the gym. So on June 10th, I, I went to Planet Fitness and I got one of those $10 memberships. I still have the picture of that day. <laughs> uh, membership picture. It's like the first one on my running page. My first post ever is me with the big white t-shirt on triple XL. And I'm standing there and I took that picture and I began to walk on the treadmill. All right. And I put the treadmill at 2.5. I, I think that works out to like maybe a 20 minute mile. I don't know. And, um, but I put the incline at 15%. And I remember like clockwork. Once I'd get over 17 minutes, I'd begin to sweat a lot. Like in my, in, in my chest area, you know, the man boob area, the armpits and all that. Um, I would sweat there and, and I would get to 30 minutes and those last 10 minutes would be hell. All right. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke or nothing like that. I mean, it was hell, but I'd be done and I would feel so like full of life. I guess that was the endorphin release that people talk about. And right. I will learn a lot more about later. Um, a couple of months later, just doing that, I had lost like 20, 25 pounds. Wow. And I was up that particular year for um, the big one, the, the New Mexico Restaurant Association Chef of the Year Award, which is. I mean, that, that's pretty, it doesn't really get higher out here for New Mexico. Right. And, um, Lisa, my, my wife, she was, well, you know, if you, if you win chef of the year, we're, let's sign you up for the five kit Duke city marathon. I said, bet let's do it. <laughs> I, I, I won. I, I won that. I was such, such a blessing. And, and, uh, just, I, I was so young to get that. I, I, I felt, you know, it was really weird because that happened at a time that was like, that helped change my life career-wise as I was like finding out that like, I'm, I'm about to go into this like physical journey called running, right? And mm -hmm. then we'll talk 
minute, the marathon and what that means just outside of the actual word. Um, and it was all happening at the same time. And I ran the 5K that year. And uh, I, I want to say it was like 30 minutes, 31 minutes or something like that. It wasn't too bad. Um, but what stood out to me, and even now, you know, as, as, I, as I say, I, I'll take off my jacket here, my beautiful little Duke's jacket. But <laughs> uh, we'll talk about them in a bit too. Uh, yeah. I, uh, my hair stands up like immediately because the feeling, and this is the beautiful part about running is that when you have those moments, those like defining moments in your, in your, in your journey of running, you don't forget them because running is hard. Right? Let's get that clear. Running is not easy. And um, every mile matters and every mile is special. I want to put that out there as well. Um, but the point one, it was right there on, on, on downtown by where I work at, at the Civic Plaza. Right. Um, we're, coming, we're coming down the pipe, Third uh, Street or whatever it is. And all I remember to this moment, female, male, tall, skinny, fat, it didn't matter. I felt purpose all around me. Everybody was had dignity. You felt it. You saw people were crying. I wanted to cry. And it was 3.1 miles, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm and not franchise the distance. No. As you know, the 5K is hard. You know, especially like once you start talking about like, you know, VO2 max and trying to get PRs. The 5K distance is not easy. It's, it, it's ugh. Right. But, but that day, the first time, nonetheless, in the group that I was in, in that, you know, pace range or whatever skills that you want to call it i'll never forget that moment man and i crossed the finish line i'm like when's the next one when is it, <laughs> it was it was the it was the following saturday the dia de los muertos at the national hispanic cultural center signed up for that a bunch of 5ks in between <laughs> and then i did the run for the zoo half marathon my first half marathon in may of 2018 wow I ran two hours and 15 minutes and that, I think that was when I like really, and at any point you can enter, cause I don't know how to shut up. Okay. I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking black coffee right now. Right. And I, I always tell people this, if, if you talk to a chef at night and he ain't drinking black coffee, he ain't really about that life. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, um, I, um, I, I, that, that's when I think I began to get passionate about running because I, 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 I'm not going to split that half marathon and I didn't realize that like I, I'd have anything left late in the game, but I did. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, I began to get competitive. I'm like, well, I, I could break 210 in the half marathon. I, I, you know, maybe down the line a year from now, I could break two hours. Yeah. And uh, we go to Puerto Rico that summer, big, beautiful family trip. Um, I ran the um it's a massive boxing 5k they have out there featuring all the famous boxers show up um and Fila Trinidad, Miguel Cotto, I mean you name it I mean the who's who it's a big event yeah they have a here and all the money goes to charity so um I have the, it was such a great day anyhow I ran the 5k that day and at that point I was running like you know like in the, in the 25 minute range for me I was pretty not bad and I was running in Puerto Rico and I never I remember we were in a um, man, it, it was just such a beautiful place to be out there running that race. Um, but that day too, running and, and the emotion, like there's some, there's certain races, man, that you take off, man. And like, maybe it's just me, but like in the first half of a mile, you want to, you, 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 I, sometimes I cry a little bit 
I start to cry tears a little bit. And I'm going, this is going to be a beautiful day, isn't it, man? You know, you just, when you know, you know. And uh, you just, the oxygen is coming right in. Like, like you have, like every single, everything you have in your body is another capillary available to you. So, and um, I ran great that day. And um, goodness, we came back and I, I had the loveless. No, we got back from Puerto Rico the end of July. And there was like one week between like me having to go to compete in New Orleans at the Great American Seafood Cook-Off, like the Seafood Olympics. Oh, wow. And, and then I had the following weekend, the loveless half marathon. <laughs> I'm answering the distance. And so I get back from Puerto Rico. Me and my sous chef end up traveling from Albuquerque all the way down to Louisiana. And let me tell you, that's such a logistical nightmare with the, with, with the ingredients and all that. And it's a, a big stage. It's just, you can actually, it's, it's on PBS. You can watch it. Um, long story short, we ended up winning third in the nation, the bronze medal. Wow. Go, going through that. And then like, I, I ran, I have posts on my, my, on my running page. Of, I was that, that, that week when I'm, I'm at the gym at the Hilton downtown and run just like, and I remember telling, telling chef Billy, uh, my sous chef, I'm like, yo, like at the time my sous chef, I'm like, damn, like, you know what? I'm thinking about this race match. I think I could break two hours. And he's, you know, he's just like, oh, what does that mean? But, you know, he was just kind of like, so I'm just thinking about this run and like, it, like it made me think less about the competition in New Orleans ended up getting us to the podium, come back. And like, I, I, remember, I never forget, I'm sure I, I had the video post. I'm, I'm driving from my house to the cultural center where the loveless half marathon is at. Right. Kudos, uh, kudos to, um, man, he's such a beautiful individual here. Um, Lakaya. Yeah. You know, for that race that he puts on once a year, I always go that because, uh, I just think he represents kindness and good you know and uh i just love being a part of his event it's just like one of my favorites um so i'm driving down there and once again i knew i'm driving in my car and i'm going today's gonna be a good day and i ran 158 that's 150 awesome and and dude i have the pictures too and i'm coming down and, and you would think that i just like be cute or something man i'm so sometimes i go mark you're so pathetic you know <laughs> you know because like like i i I celebrate everything is a big deal to me, man. You know, and maybe it's just my upbringing. I don't know, but like, <laughs> like, like I, I just appreciate a lot of little things, man. You know, and um, like, but like I, genuine. But I think that's good. That's good though, because you know, it it is. I think there can be some people who get so wrapped up in okay, I finish this one and the next one, and and they don't take that time to really celebrate everything that went into that or what they accomplished in that. And so, you know, like you're talking about, like I mean, seeing you, like. You do. You wear your heart on your sleeve, and you're you're excited about these things. And and when when you don't hit what you want, like you're down about it. But it's but it's real, you know. It's it's. Uh, I think it's easy for people to access, especially people who you know who are who are getting into the sport or or trying yeah. to get back into it. You know. Right. Totally. Totally. And you know, uh, to add to that, you know, it's when you and I'll talk about submitting to the process or like the culture, right? Um, I, for me, that's what it took for me to understand Like this is, this is end game for me. This is no longer about some arbitrary time on the freaking clock, right? This is, this has become so much more deeper than that for me. Um, I, you know, I have, we have our time goals, right? Next, yeah. next half time goals. We, we talked about that, but like in the end, like the decisions, the decisions have not quits already been made. The decision that no matter what happens, there's the next one has already been made. 
And like when you when we commit to that idea that this is end game, you just really begin to you know to fall in love with the beauty of like the day to day, the volume stuff. Which is I'm a big volume, you know, more like I I love I love stacking miles and running and 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 just allowing myself to morph. Like really now, and, and I've, I've since I've I've now run eight full marathons in the last three years, but like I feel like I'm just now, like physically and like mentally, like I I watched the progression. I'm like, God, this is this is a process, and one of my favorite um, and not to name drop here, but one of my favorite YouTubers is this guy named uh, Seth James Damore. Right. Who he taught he tells you flat out like look man it's gonna take you three five years man straight up I'm gonna tell you right now this is what you got and he puts it out there and he's but he's been nothing but deadly accurate same thing with this guy Michael Conan Kafuzi who I ended up meeting in Houston a couple of years back and now we're buddies you know I'm, I'm blessed hey I have access to this guy's great guy but similar story of like the guy's just everything he's got he's put the work in right so anyhow. Um, to run the clock back a bit to catch the listeners up. I broke two hours that day and I was going to be running my first marathon. Um, and this is where, you know, um, I want to talk about my stupidity. <laughs> I have a T, whatever you want to call that word. Um, so Duke City Marathon, right? In my mind, and this is before I had knew any of the Dukes or anything like that. In my mind, I'm breaking four hours, dog. And I said, I'm going out with the four-hour pace group. And I and I famous last words, right? <laughs> Went out at the Duke City Marathon 2018 with the four-hour pace group. And they dropped me at mile 12. Never forget it. Right there on Paseo, man. <laughs> the Rolling Hills section. Right. Around Duke City, you know what I'm talking about. They talk about flat, but then what they don't tell you is that halfway through. You got a good little 10K out and back situation with rolling hills. <laughs> for anything like me, which is very average, okay? Those little 40-foot little things going on there don't feel good. So I wasn't trained for that. I wasn't ready for it. I end up by mile, by the halfway point, I'm doing the walk of shame back towards the Bosque Trail. Wife and kids looking at me, man, just that the feeling of like shame embarrassment, humiliation, but I was just kind of like, I'm not going to stop. So I start to run again. I see the, I see the family. I start to run again and I get to like mile 17 and it was like right around mile 17, the 415 group had, had, had passed me and I was just beginning to get defeated and it was hot that day. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming down the basket trail you know, running south down there, and I, my, my, my leg, my calf seized up in between like miles seventeen and eighteen, and I like fell on the floor. And I, uh, I get up, you know, I'm super embarrassed. I hobble to the nearest bathroom. I'm crying, right, like a schoolboy, feeling sorry <laughs> for myself. Everything hurts. Every ligament is burning in my body. I get out and I, 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 I hobble through, man. I finished in four hours and 46 minutes. Um, you know, 46 minutes past, you know, uh, late to my time goal. And let me tell you, this is the beautiful part of the beautiful tragedy of running because I've since 
the times have been like a like a really ugly uh, graph, right? <laughs> um, and we'll talk. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, do you want to ask? Do you want to interject here for a second? Because I, I, again, I do not know how to shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I there are a couple of things. You know, one thing. You know, back back in the beginning, we talked about you know your childhood and that one thing that stood out to me. So you know, said I can't run, and again, I think that's something that so many people can relate to. So many people come into this thinking, well, I can't do this. You know, I can't uh, run a mile. I can't run two miles. I can't run three miles or very, you know, I'm not a runner, you know, I'm not, oh, I, I can't run faster than 30 minutes. I'm not a runner. I can't run faster than 25 minutes. I'm not a runner for, for a 5k, you know, and, and kind of, you know, having those things in their mind. And so, you know, you said you fell in love with it, but when did you really, I guess, consider yourself a runner? Um, that, um, that's such a great question. Um, because, um, the answer to me is just something that I'll never forget. Um, and it was when I ran the Mesa marathon for the second time. Okay. Um, and I, and that was my third, that was no, my fifth marathon. So I'll take a minute here and, and I'll try to be quick. Cause I, I, I feel <laughs> like, you know, cause I mean, people listening, it's like, all right, if you, if you really care about this stuff, you're listening, like, you want to know what happened between like Duke city and like, right. right. So, Okay. Um, because I feel like a lot of the listeners may have like similar time goals, right? Like a lot of people hit me up for that sub four goal, right? You know, like that's yeah, a lot more people running that than like that are trying to run sub three thirty. Um, when you look at the the data, the numbers, right? So I'm, I'm speaking to like, I mean, the big caveat to all the listeners here, like I, I represent the underdog, right? <laughs> Those middle of the pack times. So like, if you're that's you, keep listening. Um, <laughs> So I, I ran 446 and I finished and like, I, I remember, you know, coach Sal, right? Solomon. Um, oh yeah. Yep. Um, I, I had met him at the local run fit five and 10 Ks before that. And he was very kind enough to, you know, that particular day, I think he knew I was suffering because I hadn't come in yet. And my wife was waiting for me and, and I'll never forget. Jesus, man, coach Sal is a good guy. He, he like go like look for me. And I'm getting off of, you know, the, the busket trail. I'm going to kick Carson Park. And I remember the Firestone tire right there on Central and Central and 8th. Right. He's right in the corner. And, I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm fighting for it, man. And I'm just bawling and everything hurts. There's, a, there's plenty of pictures of this stuff. I post, I'm very transparent. Right. Right. Pictures of me crying and all that stuff. You know, uh, veins sticking out. It's disgusting. <laughs> but he's, he was there and he was like, I, know, I want to keep it personal because what he told me was something that I always hold in my heart. And it was those words that carried me to the finish line. Um, so let's leave that at that. But thank you, Coach Sal, for that. Um, Hall of Fame, New Mexico, just amazing, amazing man. Um, and his son is yeah. an absolute right now as well. So I, I got home and, I, and the stats, it was like, I was like very, it was a decent time, all things considered. I didn't feel that way. I came home, I came upstairs to this room, and I remember like I took my medal, I threw it on the floor. <laughs> right in the bathroom here, and I closed the door and I just I just wept. I was weeping. And I said I and now a true story, I cry. I'm, I'm look, I'm just a human being, you know? Um, so I'm feeling emotional and but I was mad because I'm like, I'm better than that. I'm I finished 26 miles and there's no way in hell. Like I'm better than this, Mark. 
Three weeks later, I'm lying to you, four weeks later, that that night, I'm like signing up for the Philadelphia Marathon, <laughs> which was like a month later. And even though I'm very impulsive, man, you know, like, like I'm not afraid to like get my ass kicked, you sorry, my butt kicked or whatever. <laughs> But like I, I'm bringing it on, I, I, I want to feel that pain. You know, to say to feel pain is a, a, a blessing sometimes. So I'm like, I'm going to Philly. I'm getting a PR. I'm gonna, and I'm just gonna sell it for a PR, whatever that means. I love to break 4:30, maybe 4:20. Let's keep it going here. I ran 4:26. All right. For the four more four weeks. That's a 20 minute PR in the marathon, right? Yeah. And then I'm like. All I'm thinking about, and the picture of me finishing Duke City, one month later, the picture of me finishing Philly, night and day. And it was freezing in Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> it was so cold. I ran the whole marathon with gloves on and a beanie. You got Jesse Armijo, our leader from the Dukes, that day ran like 225 or something like that. You know, that's when, and that's kind of how when we met, uh, Jesse and I, yeah. um, you know, through Arlene, his wife who's our, you know, our, our, our team mom and, and much more, but I, I met him on that trip around 426. I, I really out there on my own, dude, you know, just running. And I had a couple of miles where I was walking, but I was like, this is not, I go, I'm good. I'm all right. You know, I, I was like, well, I'm on mile 22, 23 speed walking, but I, I wanted to get something back for the last few months. Came in great. Three months later, right away, I'm like, I need to, I need to get, I need to, I, I know I could break four hours. That's <laughs> all I was talking about on the plane ride back, driving my wife crazy. Mesa Marathon, February, 2019, three months later. I, I came back that November and I trained all winter. Tramway, the death crawl route where you go with Smiths and Central, past Sandia Casino, down to Alameda, 20 miles to the to the bus, to the Alameda open space. I did that a couple of times. I, every long run in the book, dude, I fell in love with the long run and did a little bit of speed work. I go to Mesa. I ran 355. Dang. I ran 355, brother, negative split the marathon. And let me tell you, never did I feel any aerobically challenged. I, at the end, I think I was like, because I felt so good mid-miles that I kind of felt like I, I I didn't stay on top of my fueling like I should have, which was another rookie mistake, right? right. Sometimes I understand the game, you know? And I so, like, I think I was low on glycogen late in the game. Luckily, they were handing out, like, oranges. At my, they, that's a great marathon, let me tell you, dude. Um, and it gave me back, and I ran in good. I ran in straight, solid. 355, man. And I, I had the video, I had the pictures, crying tears of joy. I couldn't believe it, man. That's fantastic. And and I, I ended up finishing that marathon. And, and I want to throw something in there because in between in between Philadelphia and Mesa, which was not three months, I, I began my relationship with Jesse Armijo, who is um, the the leader of the Duke Track Club, and you know a, a, a major major mentor of mine. And I'm just. You know, I, I say it a lot, you know, to, um, but I, I really mean it. Like to have access to someone like that special and that and that everything he stands for and what he does and like his his gift. I it's a blessing. It, for, I, I always tell him, I don't even know why you let me in the door, man, because I'm we're just so different people. But uh, it's they've become like my family, man. 
and they make you believe they never judge you they teach you how to breathe how to your form and so the, jesse had a lot to do with that time frame in between Nova, uh, philadelphia and mesa and then i go on hiatus i no one knew where, I, I went missing for six weeks <laughs> that's when i was invited to go on on, on gordon ramsay's house kitchen and that kind of took me out of running briefly and then i came back and where i kind of really ran into what's become my main mentor um and and you know running in life which is shauna beta you know uh, i am actually very curious because you mentioned about your your family you know cheering you on and being there for you but i also know that your wife has been running your son has been getting up in the morning with you um, not every morning, but you know, you, you post on there when he gets out there and does a mile with you. And so, you know, how did, how did that come about? You know, it, where it's starting to become not just a you thing, but a, but a whole family thing. Well, when, when, when Lisa and I ran the Duke city 5k, um, you know, she pretty much like anywhere we've gone and really like, I, I would say like her getting really into running began by Chicago marathon weekend. Right, which is kind of what we're getting into, and truth, because the the weekend after, at I mean, at nine years of age, he ran his first ten k. Um, so we're not quite where it became a family thing really yet. Okay, but it was he would go do the five k's and here and there, but you know, we went to Chicago for a big restaurant association uh, meeting thing, and you know, we ran Lake Michigan and all that, and um, she was always you know put the the shoes on and go run with me and and truth you know it was just you know it's, it's, it's my, my my son and i'm wanting to go out there with dad and you know wanting to show him you know uh what doing something hard means right yeah but i i really feel like uh in, in the context of like being true to the journey like there's so much more to say about you know lisa and her running and truth and his running that happened at right around chicago marathon time we're, there's still like a little bit of a gap there between because Mesa was in March, February, Chicago, October, and I was gone for quite a bit of that doing the show. Right. And that makes sense. Like, you know, that progression of it as you're getting more into it, that they kind of fall, you know, in love with it, too. You know, you've, you've done a couple of these shows. You've done some competitions. You obviously are kind of in competition with yourself with these times and, and obviously in the grander scale of a race with the people around you. Have you always been, you know, competitive like that? Well, um, I've, I've always been kind of, you know, kind of scrappy naturally, you know, growing up in the Bronx in, in the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, my mom being a super, super young, super young mother. And, um, you know, essentially kind of growing up together. And um, so, you know, it's you know typical you know puerto rican from the bronx man the dad wasn't around and, and you know i need to get into all that but yeah um uh it just kind of like made you know made me there's a couple of things that i hang on to every single day um and and one of the terms is called pound the pavement you know my my mother would always pound the pavement go out there make an honest dollar go to work try hard um and it was made clear to me early on that I, that I was going to have to work harder than a lot of the people that I was around if I wanted to have a chance to, 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 to get out of this, to break the cycle. Right. Um, it's something that, you know, my, my mom, you know, just, you know, being my hero and, 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 and the most resilient, you know, not just woman, but individual I've ever known in my life, her strength, 
her wisdom and words and sacrifice, uh, suffering. And, and I use, and let me tell you, I don't use that word lightly, suffering. Um, just to give me an opportunity at life. It's, I don't have to look much further than that to be motivated, man. Right. Um, I find, you know, and, and it's all relative to what we've been exposed to. And I've learned that as well. Like my, my pain isn't your pain or anybody. It's, it's, it's all relative to what you're exposed to. Um, but I could tell you, you know, um, through my education in life as a man, um, as a human being, right? Um, to what we all are. Um, there's something to be said about facing your own bullshit, facing your own crap, learning about who you are. And I, through graduating culinary school, you know, getting out of New York, you know, we came here when I was 13. My, my grandfather was sick, her, you know, um, talking about my mom and, you know, just, I've always felt like things didn't really always go her way, you know? Um, and that bothers me to this day. Like, how can somebody I know who is giving so loving and nurturing and, and a sacrificial can just like, just be hit so many uh, uh, disturbing um, th things that happen in life. Um, and yeah, we, we came here. I, I was only 13 years old when we came back. Uh, and he was young, 48, he passed away. Wow. Um, you know, and that was like, at the time, like what I, what I, what I, that was like, the, you know, so um, that was my grandpa, man. And, and he was young um, to know that, you know, I'm not too far behind him now. Like at 40 years old, I'm just like, man, you know, the, it really begins to, to, to hit you in a different way as you get older. Right. Um, so, um, oh. The, the motivation to, to keep going has always been there for, you know, when I always say, I know my why, you know, it's, it's, I know my why and it's profound. And I always tell people like in the end, like you only gonna you're going to have to hit that moment in your life where you feel a pain that you haven't felt before, um, that transform you evolutionizes who you are, your soul to the point where like you're going back to the beginning of who you were created to be and and i i shit you not i'm i'm, I'm not i hate sorry to be so vulgar but i um the marathon is, is was what unlocked the code to that version of mark quinones and i'll tell you about that um i go because career-wise i i grad i graduate from the cordon blue top of my class i i come back to new mexico i end up you know my I don't want to talk about my career, you know, it's, it's out there, but yeah. things, things went in my favor, man. A lot of good things happened to me. Um, and I'm thankful, but physically and mentally, it was like, there was something that wasn't, it wasn't coming together. So, you know, the running began to do that for me. And after Hell's Kitchen, which, you know, people laugh about it and ha ha Gordon Ramsay. Um, but the missing context there is that it's freaking hard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's moments you can feel dehumanized and humiliated. And, and, and when you have kids that are watching and they happen to be your kids and your mother and your loved ones, it, it hits you in a way that you're not really laughing anymore. All right. So, um, going there and going through that again, in many ways, life-changing process, uh, anybody who watched the show, I, I was, you know, you know, I was in the thick of it. You know, um, I, I get deep down there and it got really, you know, just, it just got nasty and hard and it was in the house kitchen and I happened right. to find myself at the competition. 
So I, I get to that. And even I remember on the show, because the biggest missing piece here is that when you get there, Seb, and you get off that plane, the producers take your license, your phone, your keys and everything. And for six weeks, you don't have any access to anybody you know. Let me repeat that. For six weeks, you, you can go to jail and get one phone call a day. And they put you to bed early. All right? You, you're there. You have no phone calls. And you're doing 18, 20-hour days filming. And you're going to bed with the people you're competing against in the same bedroom. Yeah. Sharing bathroom. So all that, right? And I remember going through that and like not being in control being under the control of this amazing individual chef ramsey who i i do nothing but praise him and, and i want to do say for anyone out there listening i it was the experience of a lifetime they treated me well it was first class all the way thank you to fox network chef gordon ramsey house kitchen amazing but it was hard okay right well i mean obviously they're they're they want to create drama right that's what that's what they want people to see is they want to they want to see people blowing up and having drama because that's that's where they see the ratings right they do and you know it's you know in, in, in a boxing phrase you know we all know who mike tyson is right he's universal right. cross he always said everybody has a plan so you get punched in the face and people watch the show and like well this is what i would do when i got there ah you don't know you're gonna get there and you're not gonna have any access to your family well you can't call them there's no time out okay <laughs> Right? It's not shut up and get back in line. Okay. Right. Now that's the tone over there. Um, and, 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 and it, it becomes not funny pretty quickly. If you're the, if you're, if you're the subject matter. So there's that you, you get there and, and you, and you go through all that and you just realize that like, I don't have the control right now. And you begin to have one of two options. And if you watch the show, multiple people quit. And, and that why I did not quit. If anything, I probably fought, I, I fought tooth and nail and then some. But quitting was, the decision to not quit was made before I got on the plane to go over there. Right. All right. When I looked at, when I looked at my son and I said, uh, so I guess I, I get emotional just when I, when I think of that experience. Cause uh, I, I really, I, I really, um, ah, Oof. anyway, the decision to not quit was already made. So I get there and I find myself where, where, where I won't lie to you. Every ounce of me wanted to walk away. And I said, I can't. I said, my, my family, my team, and I have a, such a big team at work, a big, beautiful team at work behind me. And they need to see this. For so many years now, I go in there and like I, in that world, like I'm the answer, right? Like they, they look to me for, for leadership, guidance, you know, like something goes wrong. I, I got to be able to fix the problem, you know, and thankful for my for, for that position that I have but for them to see but they had prior to me going on the show they had seen me at my best at my worst when I was being impossible when I was being hard to difficult to deal with and now it was like my turn to add a, to understand that there's always a level above you that there's always somebody better than you and now it's take it and you're not just going to take it everyone's going to watch you take it and I began to like, like in the marathon, when you give in and I, I began to accept it. And that's kind of when, you know, I, I kind of just let my, my personality come out for better or worse. And I was going to be, I was okay with it to, to, through my, through my exit.
Right. I came back and I had put on like 15 pounds. I wasn't big, but I was like, for context here, I was 196 at my highest, 137 at my lowest. Um, I came back about 164. All right. You know, running in six weeks. Right. So now, and right away, I, I do the Santa Fe half marathon. Blew up. It was like two weeks after I get back. <laughs> but, and then like, I had gotten in the lottery for the Chicago marathon. And I had forgotten that I had gotten a lottery because of the house kitchen thing. I'm just, I get back after me and my mom is getting back into running again. I want to go to the run fit stuff. You know, uh, Pino had a, the inaugural Santa Fe half up there. I show up and blow up, dude. And I can't happy like laughing about it. I finished. I, I, I don't, I'm that guy. I'll crawl over that damn line, dude. So <laughs> I finished like the next day. I'm like, I'm out there on nine mile hill the next day. And I'm like, yeah, Chicago marathon training. And, you know, Jesse and the Dukes, they were always inviting me to their group runs. And I was always embarrassed to show up. I finally text Jesse. I'm like, hey, I'm going to show up. And I go. And I go to high and dry for their Tuesday run. And, you know, uh, like the incredible man he is, he, he, he finds me out there on the route, runs it in with me. And he's, hey, every Friday morning, we're at Michael Thomas Coffee. And at this point, it's like, it's right around the time for guess what? The Loveless Half Marathon. <laughs> baby. So I, that Friday, I'm at Michael Thomas Coffee. I run with the Dukes. I'm the last one to come in. We're having our coffee. And there I meet this guy with such a big smile. Big, beautiful smile. You know I'm talking about Sean and Beta. Just the kind, one of the kindest man you'll ever meet. But let me tell you, he's fierce. Right. Okay. Um, you want to talk about somebody who can hit it from both ends of the pendulum? That's that man. Let me tell you. He's probably the only, yeah, like in my adult life man that I've met that can stop me in my tracks on a, a number of different levels. And I love him for that. Um, so, uh, Sean and I, I, I tell him that off. He knows that. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I'm there and I'm like, who he's asking me questions like, well, what pace do you want to run? Where are you from? And it's like, if you know, Sean, he's like so nice. Yeah. And like, <laughs> almost like if you don't know Sean, you're like, why is this guy being so nice? You know, <laughs> why care? And then you figure out because he, because you know what? There's nice people out there and he's just in that rare category. He's very genuine yep. and it's really, so I, I just felt comfortable telling him, well, I would love to break 150. You know, that would be amazing. I training for Chicago. He's like, are you on Strava? Let me see your Strava. What'd you run today? Let me see your, he's asking me the, all the hard, if you know, Sean's an analytical dude, man. So like, and I'm, I think at the time, understand that. Like, this guy wants to look at my Strava. You think <laughs> I do? Like, no, Sean just wanted to see the data. So he was trying to figure out how to pace me. Oh. Then, like, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll meet me, meet me there at six o'clock in the morning. I'll pace you. You want to break 150? We'll break 150. And I'm like, why is he doing this? <laughs> and I don't know, Jesse put him out. I don't know. I still don't know. But you know what? None of them connect <laughs> them like brothers. But he shows up, I show up, man, and we ran 144, dude. Wow. Even like the couch to like 140. And I'm like, and Sean, Sean can run. I know, like, I talk a lot when I'm not running. When I'm running, I don't really want to talk. <laughs> talk to you, man, about any subject 
for so many miles. You know, and just he keeps that cadence so pretty. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> uh, but that's Sean, man. And uh, every that day, I was hooked. And I believed that I was going to break 345 in Chicago. What do you know? We're talking about a 10-minute PR here, if I'm able to get make this happen. Right. It happened. It happened, dude. I ran 339. Wow. Yeah, dude. And that's when Lisa, that weekend, ran the Chicago 5K with me. And like she was really getting into it. And then we had our anniversary trip to Lima, Peru, not too long after that. And I'm like, man, like I, and, and I, 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 I go, I go, well, I ran, let me tell you when I break, cause I know for all the listeners who like, like times I ran after I ran Loveless, I ran the Santa Fe Thunder, which is no longer happening anymore. I wish we'd bring it back. But Santa Fe Thunder half marathon where you run from, the Zobra Park over there, and you run all the way to Buffalo Thunder Casino. Right. Miles up, 11 miles downhill. And I ran 139 that day, wow. where Derek from the Dukes paced me. And Sean was, was out of town that weekend. Derek paced me. Derek, a, a amazing, another amazing runner. Uh, Derek Leach, look him up. He's amazing. Another Duke. He, run, he runs with his dog, Buddy. Um, <laughs> and Buddy, that, let me tell you. Um, and Buddy only has three legs. And he's fast. So, <laughs> yeah, true story, man. It's, it's, it's real. 339. And then I ran, I, ran, uh, I, I ran 139 at the half, Chicago 339. And then I, I'm in, I run a rock and roll Lima, Lima half, half marathon in Peru. Lisa ran the 10K, which ended up being like a 10-mile run. They, they got lost and they took them on a Lima. Yeah. And you know, about South America, man. Lima is a big city, dude. I mean, think Manhattan, Mexico City, think London. It's a big LA. It's a big, but, but it's, 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 it's a compact. Right. So, and hilly. And I remember like looking at the course with Sean and I'm like going, man, there's like a five mile stretch straight uphill. He's like, honestly, I think you're going to crush it. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I go out there, man. I PR. On, on, on a, it had like a net 600 foot gain. All right. Wow. I ran for 36, dude. <laughs> Negative. Couldn't believe it. So I come back and this is where, I, where like, I'm really feeling amazing, dude. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. You know, like, I like, like I can freaking run three, you know, I could break 330 in the marathon. So I go back to Mesa. I train and I had every, oh God, brother, I, I ran so good. Okay. I ran so good. Um, I felt unstoppable. I trained, yeah. I, I did the runs, everything was going great. And this is where the reality of running can break your heart. This is, this is the, this is the climax part of the story here, dude. Cause this is where it all changed for me. Nothing was wrong, man. Um, I ran the Houston half marathon, Aramco Houston half marathon. 134. Wow. Negative split it. I ran mile 13 at 650. And it's an FYI, it's a long course. It's 13.2 miles and it is 13.2. <laughs> that straight away coming down because you 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 finish like in a semi-indoor area. It's bizarre. It's longer than you think. So think about that, Seb, when you're running out there. Because I know right. you your, your time goal, you know, it, it might, it's a game of inches at that I, I, as fast as you're going to be running. <laughs> 
a lot for you think 13.1 think one think point one more i promise you i'll send you my strava all right and it was my strava and my nike watch so like that's how i knew and everybody else i ran was, was long on the course yeah so i ran that stretch at 537 for a mile and um this this and i don't know how but I, again never was i aerobically challenged what what held me back was it was like 25 mile per hour winds that day oh wow uh, it was windy so like but i felt it but like i didn't really feel it it was weird i just felt great i'm three i'm three weeks a, a week earlier i did 20 miles at like uh an 8 30 pace and i'm going mesa i'm gonna kick i'm sticking my foot all the way up your rear end i'm coming back i'm going sub 330. well <laughs> <laughs> um I get sick that week. That Monday morning, I get sick. And what's going on? Like my, my, my lungs feel like there's liquid in my lungs. This is really weird. I was sick. Nothing was getting rid of it. We fly down there Thursday. The race was Saturday. I'm texting my buddy. I'm telling Sean, Derek, and all them, like, I, I, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I, I'm, I, but yeah, I'm stubborn. I, I, I show up. And I get to about mile 16, 17 on pace. You know, I was tracking like 320 something. Right. And but I never forget the feeling. And the, the race pictures tell it, you know, when you're in the marathon, those camera guys are everywhere. You don't really see them when you're focused. They're just out there. Right. Next thing you get an email saying, look at, look at you looking silly, you know? <laughs> and you see me, I'm holding my aerobic area. I'm holding it and I'm just, my eyes are bloodshot red. I thought I was going to die. I had my own, um, these two rings that, which one of them says uh, truth and the other one says journey on it. And the picture of me finishing is me holding the rings in my hand. I thought I was dead. I collapsed at mile 20, um, got up, finished. And at the finish line, I collapsed and it took me to the medical tent for, for like three hours. I was on oxygen. Wow. I ran, I ran backwards. Okay. Uh, I, 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 at the time I was 339 in Chicago and Chicago is a way more harder course. All those turns, it's hard, um, hard on your hips and all that. And it's, it's windy and all that stuff going on. A lot of people, a long course, like 26.7. I ran, I, I ran 353. Okay. Um, and you would tell us that sub four, not bad, yeah. but my journey gets worse. Um, a couple of weeks later, not like the next week. They're like, there's this coronavirus going on, you know, everything. And I'm like, and they put the fur, I never forget watching the news, looking at Lisa and going, that's what I, that's what I had. And, and what, but what stuck to me was they said the liquid in your lungs, you're going to feel like a drowning feeling. Yeah. And it's like right before like anything, any of the shutdowns or any of that, it was in February, not March. Right. And I, I was convinced that I had it. I was sick for a while, dude, and I'll never forget the feeling. And nothing else explains what happened. Right. So we the, the all the shutdowns happen, and I begin to I had to you know, furlough my entire staff. You know, I went on really I believe it was a almost five months straight of working every day um alone. You know, I had somebody who would help with you know um with the morning. And then I'd get there and I'd work all the way through clothes, put the, even throw the trash out, do the dishes. I began to grow a beard. 
and I had a beard down to like my down to almost my stomach. <laughs> um, and but let me tell you what I was doing. So it was in Mesa, like when I was when I was battling for my life. Never have I thought physically that I was going to actually die. Then at the Mesa Marathon, two thousand nineteen, uh, uh, twenty two thousand twenty. Yeah. And um, so I I get back and shutdowns are happening and, I, and, I, and I'm going, I'm, I'm a runner. Like I need to be running and I, and I would run every single morning. I'd get downtown and I would tell the front desk agent, cause we were already doing takeout. Right. I would have her text me an order, say, chef, we have an order. But in between orders, I would run laps around downtown to the likes of 100 miles a week. <laughs> I ran seven consecutive one hundred mile plus weeks 104 106 107 and i didn't have any injuries i was getting stronger faster a lot of hills and it was every day i ran like 3500 miles 2020 and i worked almost every day too i'm not pounding my chest here i'm telling the story right i was supposed to run berlin it gets i got the lottery it got canceled and then I found a marathon in Idaho um, called Jack and Jill that they canceled it like a month out. Yeah. No one knew that I was training for it except for a couple of people. Sean, Jesse, if you have Derek, a few people. And I remember like that morning when I got the email again, man, here's Mark again. Mark's crying again. He's sad. <laughs> and uh, cause I wanted it so bad. Yeah. So I, me and my son truth, Truth went online. He's like, he's like, no, dad, like we need to figure he would wake up with me that summer at 5 a.m. and go to the Rio Grande track where I would do my fart legs that Sean would write for me, do my workouts. And he was like being strong for me at the time. He was hadn't even turned 10 yet. And I pull up marathons that are not canceled. I find a Facebook group called Marathons That Are Not Canceled. <laughs> I go truth a couple. One of them, there was, there was like the one in Utah, one in South Dakota. One, long story short, two said, "What about this one over there by Mount Rushmore?" Okay, if you pick it, said I'm gonna run it. But it's on like it's on August. It's on August 21st. That's the day after your birthday. So I'll have to leave like the day, the two days out. He's like, "That's the one you have to run, Dad. That has to be." Dude, I travel mid pandemic, man, where it was bad too. And I mean, South Dakota, uh, man, I'm not judging anybody, but you know, they're not look, man, in, in my opinion, dude, they need to figure some stuff out over there. Cause when I was out there, nobody had masks on and all that. And I had my mask on and I was posting about it and I was, I was, I was like fearful, you know? Cause I was like, you know, I, I, I don't, like, I don't, you know, like I, like, I know this is real. Like, you know, I think we should be having our mask on. I'm not trying to get all political here, but. Yeah. Long story, like I, I like I was out there concerned because like it was it was kind of kind of hairy, and so I stood in my hotel. I did my shakeout around the hotel. I got on the bus to to the run. <laughs> I ran three twenty eight in the middle of South Dakota mountains over there, dude. Wow. Where 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 I'm coming down mile twenty two mile twenty three, going. And it was hot. It was like 80, 80 something degrees or the last like 10K. 
And it, it was like in like, what do they call those mountains up there? The Black Canyon or something like that? You know, it's like in the Black Canyon, they call it. I'm running and like, it was hot, dude. And that, it was like, a, you, know the, you know the radiant heat? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like your brain is frying. And it was me realizing that my brain was frying that I made the decision to slow down. There was like not water stations at the end, nothing, nothing like that. So like, I'm like, be smart. I don't have any hydration on me. It was like, I was like five, six miles without seeing a water station. Uh, so like I, I slowed down, came in and, and yeah, man, like it was like 328, dude. And I couldn't, I 328 mid pandemic training right here in the, in, in the Duke city, you know, the great state of New Mexico alone i mean nobody we, we weren't doing the groups the dukes weren't doing group runs right. none of that but everybody was playing the safe man everyone was doing the right thing you know all the people I, that i that i hang with and i was out there training you know and i was apprehensive to travel in, in the midst of all that right. you know felt like i needed to do it um came back got my negative COVID test went back to work and you know 328 marathoner and and, and then things get bad man Training, uh, most amazing training cycle again. I, I signed up for the Woodlands Marathon last March. Um, this is where I tell people that the marathon always has an element of surprise. Right. Um, four miles in, four miles, <laughs> a tweak on my right knee. And I'm like, I don't have any knee problems. Like I, I run all the time. This is what's going on. Get to about mile 14, 15 on pace, like, like tracking, like, you know, like I think I was going to break through 20 again, feeling really good aerobically. It wasn't the issue. Right. Um, and, and I knew it because at mile like 14, 15, I said, okay, like I'm going to try to run like seven fifteen ish. And I had it and I ran it, but like my knee was literally about to fall off. Dude. So like I, I T band out of the, but out of nowhere, yeah. there was no hint. You know, so newsflash, there's always an element of surprise in the marathon distance. Right. Well, one of the things that I, you know, I've been reading, you know, a lot, a lot of people kind of saying recently, and I think with any running is, you know, it doesn't owe you anything, you know, no. <laughs> you do all this training, you do everything you can. And, and yet it, it, it doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't, doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't, it, no. uh. It helps, obviously, but man, there's no guarantees in this sport. No, mother marathon. And this is where we're, you know, it's like, I, one of the things I love about the marathon stuff is that we're all equal at the starting line. Yeah. Mother, mother marathon doesn't care if you're the CEO, the dishwasher, the people know you. Don't, it doesn't give a damn. You get the start line, you're all the same, man, period. And I like that. You know, um, there's nothing more humbling than the marathon. I'll tell you that. Um, I ran 4:44. Yeah, I pretty much walked the last like eight nine miles. I could I couldn't the last two I ran and you again there's my picture the, my you see my pictures on there. I'm coming in sobbing. Yeah, it hurt bad. Came back. Um, and good lord, man! It was earlier this year, dude. Um, got back and it was in the thick of Hell's Kitchen actually airing. Right. All that was on. We reopened the restaurant for indoor dining and and. You know, you know, really enjoyed our busiest year historically. And I, I don't know, you know, like the training cycle was weird. Okay. Um, I, I began to feel like 
nagging little injuries. Um, I believe I had a little bit of a stress fracture on my right foot for a while, um, which is there's still some tenderness there and no transparency. I have a hernia that needs to be dealt with, okay? And the transparency there, I found out about it before Chicago. It's been a couple of years now, but it's in Greenville. So like, I don't, you know, it's there, but like, you know, just pretty much figuring out a time I want to deal with it. Right. Um, which would mean like a month of no running. So I just, I've been waiting, but that that's an issue. But I, I still ran the the Seattle Jack and Jill marathon um, in July. And I mm, 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 experienced in the marathon. Um, so remember, I got all the way down three, right? Which is, if you know, I mean, we're talking that, that that's good stuff. Right. You know, we're, I'm sorry. I think about going for that 310, you know, that, you know, that dream of getting a Boston qualifying time and like in training, running, running the splits for it, like hitting the miles and, and, and long runs and workouts within long runs that would speak to that range. Right. And, and then just blowing up in the marathon, dude. But like I said, right, I made my decision a couple of years ago. This is end game for me. So like, I look at it each as like another kind of like, you know, spiritual, philosophical journey, every marathon that does something that changes you. But in a, in a way that nothing will ever change you unless you go through it. You know, it's, I'm, I'm proud of to, to be part of the 1%, you know? Um, and to say I've been eight of them in three years and, 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 and the seesaw like of the times is like, it's almost like a beautiful tragedy, right? you know? Cause there's so much beauty that I could talk to about every marathon. And I could talk to you about, what I was thinking about in my life. If anybody, you know, I'm an open book, man. If anybody wants to reach out to me and like ask specifically, Mark, what were you thinking about at mile 19 in Woodlands? <laughs> I'll have that conversation with you, okay? Because, but only if you're doing the marathon. If not, I'm not going to sit here because you're not going to ever be able to relate. But I, I go to the, I go, I take my, this is, oh God, man. Or like mm, the, the, the shame and regret and the hurt. And I know that I'm not being judged by my son, but I took truth, you know, now he's 11. I took him with me to Seattle for this marathon, man. And I, I, you know, he goes to me to pack it, pick up. And it was such an amazing trip together. Oof. And, uh, brother, I, <laughs> I crashed and I burned like 14 miles in dude. All right, dude. And I, I finished and quit. I saw a lot of people quit on that court. It was a, it was a tough day out there, Yeah. but here it goes, man. I ran like five and a half hours. Okay. Um, and, but here, but here, but here's perspective and context. I ran the first half of that marathon, like, like in an hour and 37 minutes. It was not far from my, my PR is 134 and a half. Right. Right. And, and that's what we're talking about next weekend. Um, I, and, and like, so like, and, and and that that course is stupid. You're like in the mountains, bro. You gotta go through a tunnel. It's wet. It's dark. You gotta have a headlamp on. <laughs> it's, it's okay. That the Jack and Jill Seattle Marathon. Stay away. Stay away. No, no, no. <laughs> Beautiful situation. Maybe things are going. Look, if you want to have something very unique, do Jack and Jill. Uh, Jack and Jill downhill Seattle. It's not. Really, it's kind of downhill, but like it's tunnels and up and, and undulation. <laughs> you're on dirt, you're on trails. So like you, you, never, never are you just running down some freaking hill, dude. That's not, that's just not true. <laughs> but, 
you know so anyhow i um five and a half hours man there's like nine bridges that you gotta cross and i gotta tell you man the thought albeit so briefly of jumping off one of those bridges man you know like oh <laughs> no it was, it was so i'm kidding i wasn't gonna jump off the bridge uh, it was in that moment <laughs> man it's you know it doesn't seem like such a bad idea yeah um and just going and I and I did it. And, and anybody on Strava used to go there and look, it's all there. Okay. I don't hide nothing. You know, um, and there it is with all its glory. Okay. They're, they're there, man. Look at the splits. Look at look at the pace chart, all that. You know, um, and I remember I remember like uh finishing and and uh you know, just really like being upset because like I felt like maybe I let my son down or like he was gonna be upset that I that I that you know that it didn't happen for me. Right. But I it's oh, sorry. I um. You yeah you have to you have to show the youth. You can't just share the victories, man. You, you can't. You know that doesn't always. It really does it really teach anything meaningful, right? Um, winning is like a great thing, and I've been I've I've, I've had a lot of wins in my life, man. Um, and but it's um it, it, I can almost say like the the losses, right? Whether it be a marathon number eight or seven or hell's kitchen getting there and losing and because you can also lose in a, in a profound manner you know and it really was breathtaking the way that i shit the bed in seattle it really was you know <laughs> it, it blew me away you know but what blew me away even more was that i was out there man and this is me they, it, once i get past my pity party she's seen in woodlands i had an army walking with me over there and I was just taught, I, I, I took off my, my feet were hurting. I take off my shoes and we're just speed walking. And I'm like, you know, how many people look, there's another one walking off the course. There's another one. And I'm that dude, man. When I'm in that zone, bro, like I, 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 I'm, I'm like an orangutan, like a guerrilla warfare type mentality. <laughs> Ron's boy comes out and I start talking all this shit, dude. And I'm, but it's to get myself motivated. Yeah. And I, the guys around me, um, one of my good buddies, Aaron, who ha also uh, does a really cool podcast. Um, I, I got a, Aaron Davis. And like, we're walking. And I'm just hyping us up. Like, you know, like, you know, we're, here we are. I said, a lot of people you know are still, in, are still in effing bed. But we chose to suffer today. And we only got five, six miles to go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. And like, that becomes my, my, my animalistic mindset. Yeah. I, and I thrive in the fact that I'm not going to stop till I cross the goddamn finish line, <laughs> you know, and I thrive when I see the quote unquote fast guys DNFing, you know, making up excuses. And yeah, I say what I said, dog, you know, finish what you started, finish what you start. I, I'm not a big tattoo guy. I, I got, I only have two. This one right here, Sisu, 26.2. This is a Chinese finishing term for being courageous in the face of tremendous adversity. That's a word that, believe it or not, Shauna Beta, I got to be honest, introduced me to in context of like what it really meant. Yeah. Uh, that, that was like back in his college days, you know, a, a term that they used. It spoke to me because of my journey growing up in New York, thinking about my mother, thinking about everything in life I've had to go through. And then that marathon distance, yeah, man, there's a direct line. And it really becomes about like, 
It's like, and again, like, you know, sometimes you, you got to talk yourself through things. But I'm like, who's really tough, right? You go out at 6 flat, 5.30, and you're, and at mile 20, you're done. And here comes Mark, you know, right? You know, I finished. And I could talk about every mile. I could talk about mile 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, point 2. And tell you what I was thinking about, why I cried, who I cried for, what I prayed for, what I apologized to God for, what I prayed for, for the strength that I asked for, what, what the marathon taught, taught me that day. Yeah. You know, and they don't, they're not going to have that beautiful uh, um, uh, uh, tragedy to talk about. Other than that, it was a bad day and I had to walk off the course because, you know, nah, dog, I don't do that. And I know that pisses some people off, man, but I don't really care because it's real. Don't enter the marathon if you're not going to finish. Crawl if you have to crawl. Don't stop. If my little Puerto Rican behind can do it eight times, so can anybody else. You know, and all I've ever wanted to do in my life was represent an idea that you, that you can come out of that sewer hole, man. And if you're willing to tie your shoes and commit, but you got to commit. Anything's possible. I'm flying down to Houston. So are you, Seb. Yep. Let's put it out. You know, um, you're going to meet some great people out there. Shauna Beta's running the full yep. with the very, I'm, I'm not going to speak on, speak on his behalf. That's his business. But he's going to have a beautiful day. Let me tell you, he's going to be running fast. Yep. I'm excited gonna, for him. You're going to be running fast. <laughs> I'm going for, I'm, I'll put it out there right now, whether I get it or not. I'm trying to PR. I'm going out. I'm sending it. I'm going to send it. I know I'm comfortable with that distance. Really the marathon. I mean, I'm not afraid of it. You know, my volume of training. I'm not yeah. afraid of the distance. So 13.1, I'm going to send it. You know, I'm going to run responsibly because I always do. I'm a, I'm a responsible runner. Look at my paces. I run slow to get fast. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like my progressions. I like the discipline components of running. But I'm going to go out there and my, that's 134.06 is my, is my PR. And it just so happened to be on that course. I'm going out on pace. Y'all will have to find out what happens, you know, and you're trying to go. I don't want to speak on your behalf. So it's up to you if you want to say, I, I know your goal, but you're going to get it, man, because you're, you, well, you're just an amazing runner, man. You're, 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 you're you know, you're talented and you put the work in. I, I, I know what you're doing. I, I think you're going to have a great day. I, I appreciate that. And I, I we'll just. Be yeah. Oh, and, 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 you know, I'm hopefully we'll see you there. I'm, I'm excited. I, you get me excited. You know, you've got so much energy talking about the ups and the downs. Like it's, it's, it's infectious, man. It's just, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, it can be hard for people. Like, you know, I was telling you before, it can hard be hard for people to come around from those downs and stuff. And, and like I said, you put it all out there and it's just, it's awesome to see. I, I just got to say that any book you read or any movie you've seen what's the part that like you you're more in drawn into right intrigued with and that's just when the when the individuals are are you know singular or plural are going through the the meat and potatoes of the struggle that's people pertain to to me I, i've only ever wanted something real you know i need to earn it if i don't earn it i i, I, I feel dirty you know and it's, I think a lot of people feel like not afraid to talk about it, but there's a lot of shame. Okay. Um, but the marathon will wash you of that shame. If you allow yourself to submit 
to the marathon and maybe even have the courage to say what it really is. Running is, a, is an act of service to the earth, right? Say that, say, you know, I'm, I'm here to pay an act of service today. And every now, every run that I start now, before I go, and I'm not trying to like push religion on anybody, okay? I'm just speaking about me, yeah. you know? I serve a great God and I'm not ashamed of that. You know, the God that I serve is beautiful and amazing and, and all that and all, you know, and he has my back. So I wake up and I say, Lord, this is an act of service to you and, and Mother Earth, you know, and I start my watch. And, and lately I've been running really fluid. It feels really rel relatively pain-free. I want to say this. I am much more in love with the day-to-day -day training and the marathon lifestyle than race day. Um, and I would, I, I, I would strongly encourage any of your listeners out there to try to adopt that mindset because that's looking forward to tomorrow, going to bed, looking forward to tomorrow's run. And when I'm out there every morning doing what I'm doing, I'm going, I've already done something hard today. I, I'm now in a better position to handle any, any stress in my life, you know, whether it be career rise, family, whatever. I'm in a better position now because it's 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 ten o'clock in the morning and I've already you know beat myself up for eight, for eight miles. I'm good. Like I'm going to be able to handle whatever happens today without losing myself. Um, running does that for me, and and it'll also do that for you. Yeah, I just love it. You know, um, I'm running about right now. I would say the last like six months. And our rolling average about a little bit over 50 miles a week, which is for me quite a bit less than what I was running. Um, I want to run happier. I want to let some things heal up. You know, not, things do heal up naturally. If you just let sometimes just slow down, cut your volume. It doesn't have to be drastic. Um, you know, but half marathon, again, because I'm just very comfortable with that distance. I think I've run 22-ish half oh, marathons. Yeah. Um, you know, and... You know, 134 is, it's a fast time. You know, you're talking, that's, you know, it's basically, that's like 706 per mile. And I've done that already. Yeah. And I would love to be able to beat that. So speaking to everyone out there, um, you can do it, man. Yeah, no, well, I was going to say, I think that's that's a great way to look at things. A great way to uh, look at uh, what's going to work for you and your body at, that, at this particular time. And and a great spot to kind of wrap up for today. I think, you know, it's it's been such a great time to be able to hear your story and, and your struggles and the triumphs. And, you know, I just have one more question for you. And that's, you know, how I end the podcast with everybody. And that's you you often do this in, at, towards the end of your runs on your Instagram page. You're putting them out in the morning sometimes. But what are you listening to that gets you going and gets you moving? for those runs. <laughs> guy named Anuel, A-N-U-E-L, double A-A. -A -A. And he's in reggaeton. It's also known as Latin trap music. Um, this guy has a generationally gifted voice. And again, it's not just my opinion. Many people agree with me, like Billboard. Uh, the guy was in like Beijing, like, 50,000 people screaming his name. Wow. Um, like when you start to cross down those barriers and a Puerto Rican artist and that genre, which has been a, a genre that has been fighting to, 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 to earn their platform, right? Right. 
internationally. And now that they're just in the last couple of years, they began to really get there. This guy, um, the words, the way they talk, you know, just if you don't understand, it's worth you translating for one. Listen to the tone of their voice and they're talented, these talented guy. Um, I come from a family of musicians. A uh, fun fact for me, I'm not the only Mark Quinones. The other one is is really famous. I looked he that was, up, yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my cousin. Really? Yes. Wow. I mean, I mean, we're I, that's he's, he's like, yeah, we're we're close. You know, talk we talk all the time. Um, he always shares my stuff on his Instagram. I um, he is currently the percussionist for a band called the Doobie Brothers Band, <laughs> but but he spent over 20 years with the Almond Brothers Band. Wow. And he's, you know, he's won multiple Grammys. Um, so I come from a very musical family. Um, his brother, Camilo Quinones, lives here in Albuquerque. He's CQ the drum on Instagram and another locally won. He's won all, all the local awards for drumming. He's amazing. Now he's producing music. Um, so I, when it comes to me, I'm a very musical person. I love salsa. I'm, I'm a big salsa guy. That's like my natural, my, my, my favorite music is salsa music. Um, but right now, the last couple of months has been the reggaeton because I'm just proud of what they're doing. I think they're, they took some risk on just being who they are um, and not worried about being misunderstood. And now it's paying off to them on a global level. Right. You know, Manuel Doblead, that guy, he's worth, listen to him, look up his story. And another guy who, you know, it's a real story, but the guy seems like the guy can seem like an angel. He can he can rap. He can, and to me, like I just really relate to him. Right? If if you just watch like one of his videos or his interview and thought to me, you're gonna go, yeah, I, I see why. You know, like you're gonna see like we have a lot of instinctual similarities. Yeah. Um, and so it just pertains to me. Um, so you ask me who I'm listening to now, and lately I've been like with the music on at the end. That's who you see. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, but I, I again I'm, I'm a I'm 100% a salsero. I, I love salsa music. That's that's who I am. Um, and I could talk to anybody about that all day long. But, <laughs> uh, right now, if you want to, if you want to feel upbeat and motivated, put on some Manuel. Um, and I, I I think you'll love. Yeah, Mark, thank you for that recommendation because this guy's killing it. That's all. I'll, I'm gonna check it out for sure. So, like I said, this this is a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate your time. And, and hearing your story, and I'm excited for Houston for you. I'm excited for, for what you're going to do out there. And, you know, anybody who's listening, this will come out uh, the week before Houston. So you can, you, can, uh, you can pick your runners. You can follow them. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, no, other than thank you. Um... You know, I, I meant what I said earlier. Um, and I, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it again. Um, I, I know who you are. I, I follow your work. I've listened to all. Uh, yeah, I, I just because I just have so much respect for running, and then to find out that I'm, you know, I, I live in a land of some of the most amazing runners in the world um, that train here, um, and New Mexico um, is an important chapter and a formidable um, piece of the running world. And I think any runner would know that, you know, my advice is um, no matter what, respect the process, respect it um, and do the work. So thank you. 
I look forward to getting to know you even better and more. You're like my friend now, so you're, you're kind of screwed because I, you know, <laughs> like now, now you got to deal with my shit, dude. But, uh, you know, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at RunningNewMexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.